A well-known translator of Finnish literature once said that Finland is the only place in the world where it's common to see writers on women's magazine covers, which said a thing or two about the status and popularity of writers in this country. For most of us, in terms of literature, Finland means moomins and perhaps something weird. But do we know anything more than that? And why do we know exactly that? In what sort of context, globally and culturally, Finnish literature was formed? What makes books from Finland special? And why indeed, in Finland, writers can be seen on magazine covers more often than anywhere else? This is the very first episode of Literature from Finland podcast. I'm Orte from Helsinki Literary Agency, and we hope to answer all these questions and more, as well as bring you joy, laughter, and at least one new thing you didn't know about Finland and its literature. Literary murder. First and foremost, it has to be exciting, no matter how paradoxical that may sound. Murders without secrets, unexpected twists, tension, dramas of the past and complicated relationships is something we reluctantly read on news portals, not for our pleasure while sitting in a comfortable chair. So the line between a murder being called a crime and a cozy crime is truly thin. Jibe Bulkinen, a veteran journalist, the host of a radio program about the most popular television series of our time, and the author of crime books that could be referred to as a Finnish literary version of The Wire, was extremely kind and agreed to chat with me and help me deconstruct the Finnish literary murder. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Jipe, the most prevailing stereotype about the Finnish people is probably their silence, certain slowliness. Are things good at writing an exciting murder? Well, yes, they... Uh, should be, I should say. <laughs> um, uh, as Finns are naturally adopted to social distancing and and uh, uh, and murder, for me, seems to be the ultimate uh, form of social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about murder, it's silence you get. The rest is silence and so on, like Hamlet, Hamlet said. And so I think too much talking. Uh, too much blabber <laughs> destroys a proper murder. And that's why I, I, I love Inspector Maigret, who is sort of a strong and silent type, doesn't talk too much. Uh, and I don't especially <laughs> like Hercule Poirot, who, who seems to be blabbering his way through Christie's novels. Um, and as we Finns are more of the silent type, theoretically, Finns should be good at that, but are they? Are they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For me, the great Finnish crime writer is Matti Yrjänä Joensuu. And actually, in his best book, Harjunpään Rakkaudenälke, is that translated in English? I don't know. There isn't a murder. So. <laughs> That's, this is actually what we are very naturally coming to another question about these, you know, international sort of international trends and what happens in the ma- international uh, crime world and why Finnish, um, Finnish crime is different. And you mentioned that silence is actually something that, uh, that can work. 
um, for several years now, the global market has been flooded with Nordic noir genre, and and as the name itself specifies, uh, the biggest influx come from from Nordic countries. Uh, Wendy Lesser she recently wrote a uh, very interesting book about the genre, where she states, uh, among other things, that one of the reasons it caused such global excitement is the gap between Scandinavian civic ideals and reality. But Finland has never really jumped on the Nordic Noir train, maybe stepped one foot on it at best. So what do you think is the reason why Finnish crime is different from Scandinavian crime? Well, there are social cultural reasons, historical reasons. We are a bit different from the Scandinavian countries. And uh, But first I have to say that <laughs> For me, the greatest uh, Scandinavian crime books are by Sjövalan Valö, Martin Beck books. And I was sort of, a, how should I say, I, I was amazed that I, I found it again. <laughs> and it was in Patti Smith's books, book, uh, The Year of the Monkey, yeah. where, where she reads the Martin Beck books just a few years ago. So yeah. it comes from everywhere. So and. And I always remember the film which was made by made of uh, the book Mannen Potaket, Man on the Roof. It was one of the greatest, uh, all-time greats of crime crime films I've ever seen in the 70s when made. And in the 70s, if we come back to the Scandinavian countries and Finland, uh, the gap between civic ideals and reality is easier to see if you... As as Wendy Lesser, she wrote about that yeah. in his in her book, and um, and and the, so the stories were rougher, not so slick as today. Uh, the welfare model of the Scandinavian countries as a policy didn't really become popular in Finland until after the turn of the century, when we had seen the effects of the Great Recession in the nineties, and that that changed a lot. And before that, uh, you know, unemployment was something not to be accepted but during the recession it, it sort of became natural um, and even healthy as some some people say we get a healthier economy when we, we sort of take the uh, slack away from it and 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 soviet union collapse and so did the trade with with the soviet union and and so we had the culturally and, and economically the other foot in the East, <laughs> which also meant security, and uh, on the other foot in the West, which meant uh, competition and the flow of popular culture. So it's a, it's a different kind of mix. We were quite Americanized culturally, reading Donald Duck cartoons and listen, listening to rock music and seeing American television and films, and um, this was never the folk hemmet like in Sweden. Yeah. And there's a different and deeper kind of uh, existential uh, self-doubt. <laughs> you, you could compare it to the difference between Raskolnikov and, and Porfiry Petrovich. <laughs> sort of, a, which one am I? Which one am I? And and in Finns and in Finnish crime, that should be uh, present if if we imagine a perfect Finnish crime story. That self-doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, torture and sort of what we talked before and what you mentioned this silence and and the silence that Finns are known for um that 
all this turmoil is happening inside and right. it's a very inner sort of uh, struggle. Yeah, the first question is, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Exactly. But so do you think that Finnish crime um, is somehow a bit more credible than, let's say, Nordic Noir, that, that this ha- uh, gap that Wendy Lesser mentions that um, maybe it's non-existent or, or somehow smaller in Finland, that the crimes that are written here are more um, sort of closer closer to us and closer to our life and what actually can be seen on the streets. Is there some kind of mechanism that makes uh, uh, <laughs> crimes in small country more credible, you know, more close to the uh, people who live there? to be sort of uh, believable. Uh, like in Matiurina Joensu's books, they are. I'm, I'm not too familiar with other Finnish crime writing, really, but the small country has the borders of a small country, which means that physically and, and geographically and, and also in Finland, in uh, linguistically, to write credible crime fiction, you have to travel inwards. And that's how you meet people like us. That's how you build people like us. You meet the uncertainties and ambiguities, uh, which are the themes of good fiction in general. Uh, so I don't draw any clear distinctions between crime writing and crime fiction. Uh, it's mainly that in crime you tend to serialize. <laughs> you know, right. serial killers are product of a serial uh, or mass production of which serial killer fiction is a part. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you when you when you say inwards, so you mean like traveling in inside the country, or more inwards of the country, uh, or inwards uh, of the individual. Well, <laughs> I thought about the individual mostly, but but yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and now that w- we are talking and, and you're saying and mentioning this um, sort of very Finnish. Um, character features that form you know form historically and culturally and actually if we think about um, some most exported um, some of the most exported Finnish uh, crime writers like Lena Lehtolainen who's probably if the no most if not the most exported then then at least one of the most exported uh, Antti Tuomainen who has been really popular abroad uh, lately and he has this tortured often tortured kind of character who um who's uh, who's sometimes a murderer against his will or 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 right. you know these kind of deep deep moral questions um yeah so so definitely um definitely somehow more um in inward uh and inner inner tortured <laughs> characters absolutely um basically like just like us <laughs> yeah of course and and the uh prime um main character has to write between the line like i mean along the line of uh, which goes through chaos and cosmos and so so you have to balance yourself all the time absolutely now talking about the credibility of characters um you your own uh, standalone series crime novels first one was large blue the second one was the white crow and the third one is coming out next uh, autumn Um, it's quite unusual in many ways, but also very, very credible if we talk about credibility. First of all, it's set in Vanta city, which is um, 
even though it's a part of metropolis uh, in Finland, it's not really something that's very well known, even to the Finns themselves. And if they don't live in Vanta, they don't really they don't really know what is happening there. It's kind of this New Jersey of of Finland, sort of rough industrial um, part of 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 the capital. Um, and the city in your books is almost uh, like a character itself. And then there are all these various, uh, very different layers, personalities, politics, power games, thugs and businessmen, and these, um, especially these like characters and veteran police officers who are not necessarily um, in office anymore, but they know all these locals who are, you know, they're drug dealers, alcoholics, um, just homeless people. But um, this, they are the kind of the essential part of the city, and also someone who know a lot. So these officers often collaborate with these. Thugs. That there is a reason why I say that it's ki- kind of like the wire because mm. you can see all these uh, different kind of different layers that are put together in a very very um, intelligent way. So, um, how did you end up um, starting the series? If we if we begin with that. Well, uh, <coughs> my father, who died six years ago, uh, he was a retired police chief in Vanta. So. That's the first first thing. Uh, by then, I had written, I guess, six books, mainly novels and short stories of present-day Helsinki, uh, families struggling to keep things together and so on. Uh, I also have lived in Helsinki for nearly 30 years. So, I guess my wife always has said, you are from Vanta. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a sort of a... Sort of a existential question also so when I went to Vanta there were bus loads of stuff that came back to me all the time and um, uh, actually I have to tell a story about my wife also (laughs) (laughs) she's been a journalist also and she once met uh, this is about roots also and she once met uh, Henning Mankel the Swedish crime writer in Helsinki he was promoting the book, uh, I guess it was, yeah, Steget Efters, uh, One Step Behind, it was that one. And, and after the interview, uh, Henning Mankel asked, asked Marika, she, he recognized uh, my wife's Hungarian surname. He asked, can you tell me a typical uh, Hungarian uh, surname or name? And okay, Marika told him the the name of her father and brother actually, also. And there it is in in, in one step step uh, one step behind. There's the Istvan Ketskemeti, a pizzeria owner in Ustad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one way. Mankel um, had his some kind of roots also in in Ustad, but a small place and a lot of murders. So. You have to really put your ima- imagination to work that m- make it believable. But Vanta is a bigger place. There can be happening quite anything, and and also because it's it's a it's a logistical uh, sort of a hub. There's the airport. So, for example, Russia is a main player over there, and exactly. and and so anything can happen. 
was quite clear right from the beginning that I was wasn't done with just one book because right. <laughs> it's so, so complicated and it's so it's so complicated um, that um, and that's mainly because I wanted to live with the characters. I wanted them to grow and adapt and change. When you live in a place for a long time, you sort of stop noticing things you see when you come from they come there for the first time. And and as for how Vanta translates to foreign audiences, I think there's a there are places like Vanta everywhere in the world, close to the big cities, but not really part of it. Split by highways where there are these small pockets of life spread around the large area and sort of a social microclimates. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um absolutely. You you once said that um in, in one of our um I think the, the the video series that we made that you said that Vanta is this um big um transit hall where uh, nothing is permanent but change and I think it was just um uh, just very impressively said and somehow in one sentence really describes um yeah that just uh, what also you know comes out of your novels that uh this change is is something that is happening all the time and it's not I mean, change can be a lot of things, not necessarily um, good or not necessarily bad or not necessarily, you know, change also something that relates a lot to sort of nostalgic feelings and right. nostalgia and, and melancholy. So when I think about Vanta, which I don't know really that well, it's kind of hard for me to to relate or to kind of put nostalgia and Vanda City ah, together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that that has to be left to those who have grown up there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh now that you mentioned so many so many of these other writers and, and especially international names and, and Swedish writers, uh Swedish crime is globally known and, and adored and, and um definitely one of the kind of main main country uh, one of the main countries in the crime market um so do you have uh, personally role models um from other countries as i mean as a writer as a crime writer uh is uh, thematically if we think um about international authors um i thought that uh, your series is something a little bit similar to uh, Ian Rankin and his mm. Inspector mm. Rebus, and he writes a lot about Edinburgh, and and he's it's, it's Edinburgh is, is as well this central character right, yeah. and and very important in the novels and all these kind of different deeper underground layers there is, is something very um, just very important in them. So so this is c- that comes to my mind. Also, uh, you mentioned a lot of Swedish authors, Åke Edvardsson, uh, his uh, kind of this main detective, um, e- Erik Winter, which has been translated into into English at least, uh, if, if not more languages. Um, so do you read a lot of crime? And if you do, what do you read? I, I don't think I'm, I'm a very, very big crime reader actually I, I, I read the uh, classics from Sherlock Holmes to to uh, Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett and, and then some James Elroy and of Comegre books which are which are my favorites I have them nearly all of them so so that's that's one thing Unesbo is one Henning Mankell also so, so I've, I've I'm familiar with them but I'm not really big reader uh, 
but I'm interested in 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 novels which sort of deal with crimes. Roberto Bolania, for example, okay, two six six six. That's that's something really Sweet. special. Yes, and um, but and when you mentioned Ian Rankin, someone other mentioned it to me also after I released the first book, the uh, Large Blue one, and I, I checked him. I yeah, yeah, I liked <laughs> I liked the place. Yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't have a role, role model, so I, I had the place first. Exactly. Which is really a non-place in a way. It's it's hiding. It's his, it's history, and it's not a real city, but trying to be one, growing fast and sort of full of mediocrity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now that you talk about it, so did you actually do a lot of? Um, sort of actual research for for the novel yeah did i did you? i did for the first first one actually i i had to sort of a uh, duck out the uh, history and the past and the uh, sort of get the real feeling because when i lived there it's just a place like whatever place so so i had the uh, physical sensations but i didn't have the uh, long history and of course place like van Dijs has Decades and, and centuries of history behind it, but but those were small villages and churches and so on and, and, and farmers and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now that we talk about mm, so these international names, and then uh, you say you read uh, these classics of, of crime literature like Sherlock Holmes, and and I immediately start thinking about this. Um, what is kind of popular now, and that this um, kind of who done it, uh, Sherlock Holmes type of or Agatha uh, Agatha Christie type of uh, crimes are again coming back into mm, fashion. At least I I feel that they're um, maybe nowadays a little bit more interesting uh, again to the readers mm-hmm. than than some years before. Um, so, talking about trends, uh, fashion, uh, something that you know everything has trends nowadays. Everything. Um, any area in our life, uh, they have changing trends and mm-hmm. literature probably more than than anything else. Um, for instance, um, so crime. One thing that I mentioned is, uh, I guess, some sort of traditional whodunit is coming back into into fashion. If we talk generally about literature, um, female voices, strong female narratives, or something that people are seeking. Uh, feminist voices, race issues, of course, uh, especially since since, since uh, summer, um, gender questions. So these these kind of things they they have been much more widely, or I don't know if we can say much, but at least more widely represented right. and and sought uh, for than even a couple of years ago. So, can an author calculate trends first of all? Do you think that you can calculate and sort of uh, you yourself included in the second book, especially mm. there is this migrant crisis going on in right. 2015, um, and and a lot of uh, a lot of sort of plot is is around that and and nationalist movements and right uh, far mm. right. Uh, so is it something that you did consciously that you want to kind of reflect what is happening are you are you trying to be trendy <laughs> <laughs> well calculate is a sort of a dirty word so <laughs> but uh, I, w- I would say setting a time and a place or finding a story which moves in time and 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 place uh white crow began uh, 
when I noticed the right time for something to happen, the it, it was happening in sort of a globally and locally. And, and in, in Vanta, there was this ring ring railway which was built and opened in in 2015 during the summer. And just after that, a month after that, there was this migrant crisis, which yeah. we saw in Finland also. So, you know, there was sort of a time. Everybody was waiting for something. There was positive signs and negative signs, and and the uh, <coughs> racist voices were growing, and 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 it was. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a certain <laughs> kind of a unsettling, unsettling time, yes, and uh, and you know, sort of moment of calm before crisis, an em- empty spot. I felt I had to fill. Uh, so, a crime story for me is a genre uh, that has a question built built in it. How do you live in a world, in a society like this right now? So, so. Yeah. That was a spot where I, I sort of put the question, and the, the thing is, of course, uh, is not to answer that question, but to develop it further. Yeah, exactly. And how? Uh, yeah, w- this is a very, I think, very well framed, and some somehow like how? W- what's our place in the world mm. at the mm. moment, and how we, um, how we are de- not maybe wha- how we can deal with it, but how we are dealing with all right. these questions yeah. at same time yeah and, and crime crime books the great great thing about crime books it's it's sort of a spot bit, bit between you know artistic literature and and, and journalism like yeah. sort of a you're on in 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 a certain spot in in a certain time we live and that's that's great for me because of course i'm a journalist also yeah yeah talking about that now i mentioned in the beginning that you are the host and have been the host of this radio program that talks about um tv series and most uh, sort of most famous most influential tv series of of you know television history basically not only finnish ones but but international uh, of course international ones um so do you think um I mean, I have a certain opinion about this, but I want okay. to ask you first: uh, Do you think that our um, th- this rise of television and television series, uh, you know, in the r- recent years, it has been something even bigger than the movies, and and the television series has become something very important, and um, it's not, you know, a couple of years ago still it was, or not couple, maybe a bit more years ago it was still, you know, TV wasn't something that. Uh, prime A-list uh, yeah. actors wanted to do, and now it is happening. So, do you think that um, this rise of TV, um, of TV, basically, um, has changed our reading habits and how we how we read and how we write? Yes, I think the uh, status of, of TV changed the moment when a guy walked into a psychiatrist's office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tony Soprano, of course, but it, 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 it's been for the 20 years, it, it's been different, and um, of course it's it's an influence for writers, it has to be, every every big thing culturally is a, is a big influence for writers, they can avoid it, uh, and of course I'm, I'm also all the time trying to find a good crime series, and, and, and of course films also to watch, and Actually, for me, the great crime writers are, for example, Sally Wainwright and in Happy Valley and Scott and Bailey, yeah. or, d- of course, David Simon. And, and 
Yeah. And if they are an influence, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, there are there's the cliche written way of writing also. So, which is the bigger way. Sort yeah. Of. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, when I said that I have a certain opinion, I I have this. Mm, I have a feeling that what TV series did to us is that we started maybe longing for or seeking a little bit more for a series, uh, I mean mm. book series, right. uh, something that uh, was really not the trend um, again 10 years ago, five years ago even, that we now are uh, really, you know, dealing with very long novels and it's not a problem anymore that people are kind of willing to get into 500 600 page uh, long read and a series that lasts right. for throughout several books uh, that we kind of want this continuity in in our life which I yeah. guess uh, uh, for some reason I feel that it's it's the influence of television yeah well it, it like binge watching binge exactly. readings you know you, you exactly. drown into that yes yeah exactly yeah. absolutely um, so if we talk about trends and and realities and how trends reflect, um, or tr do trends reflect reality or do reality reflect trends? This is like uh, mm. legend, uh, eternal question of of literature and life. But if we speak today about the present moment um, locally about Finland, what, in your opinion? the most trendy crime and suspense novel should include? Yeah, this was a diff <laughs> difficult question. <laughs> so so the obvious answer is that it would be a female-led government that is attacked by men who hate women, like Stieg Larsson Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> Which would work perfectly well in Finland, yeah, because yeah. we have uh, the all-female, all or not all-female government, but I mean the five, five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right. definitely would work. Maybe it's something something for you <laughs> <laughs> for you to use in the next, in the next um, novel. Um, to conclude, three essential and very literary questions. Which author you're following on social media and why? Actually, I think uh, social media and authors are two incompatible <laughs> <laughs> elements. They don't mix, so I, I don't follow anybody. <laughs> <laughs> are you on social? But you are <laughs> on social media. Really, really. Yes, I am, but, but I, don't, I don't think... In social media, you want to meet people as themselves. If they have roles, exactly. you, they, they, they feel like ads. Yeah. If you had to choose which author, alive or dead, would you invite for dinner? Well, of course. Nobody has answered this question. Like I, I first thought, of course, William Shakespeare and uh, Alexis Kivi, you know, those enigmas who, who we don't know any bo anything about, really. Or, or then I, I would take Joseph Brodsky and Seamus Heaney, which I had the uh, fortune to interview in '95 wow. in Helsinki in the same day, during the, the same day. But I guess I, I, I would answer this, uh, Roberto Bolagna, <laughs> because I've just finished 2666 and, and I, I have some questions. You're, <laughs> <laughs> really. You're too influenced at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, what is the best advice that you have ever received? Well, I don't really recall getting any any advice that I <laughs> I can remember. Which you would have uh, used. It all it, it all comes through reading. Uh, I remember 
finish off the Sirpa Kähkönen writing that on, on the surface, surface her novels are stories, but on a deeper level they are experiments in time and place. And I like that experiment in time and place. You know, it makes you want to write all the time. <laughs> That's perfect answer. Thank you, Jibe Bulkinen. This was Literature from Finland, brought to you by Helsinki Literary Agency and hosted by me, Urte. Special thanks to Petri Latvala for the design and Alessandro Danna for the music. And to colleagues Urpu, Liivi and Kai. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll tune in next month.